This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air. Good afternoon, Grey Power Hastings and District and Radio Kidnapper listeners. This afternoon, Ron Wilkins, the President, is talking with uh, Christina McBeth from Narish Nil. Good afternoon, Christina, and welcome to this lovely afternoon in Hastings. And I'll get you just to give us a sort of a brief rundown on um, Narish Nil. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me on your show. So my name is Christina Macbeth, and I am the founder, actually co-founder, of Nourished for New, the food rescue organization that runs out of Hastings. I founded this organization with another woman named Louise, who is no longer part of the group, but we founded it in 2017, February. And it was launched very much from a personal dislike of food waste. So that was my motivation. Growing up in quite a sustainable household myself where we um, were sort of grew our own vegetables and had chickens and things like that, I increasingly, as I grew older, realized that food waste is out there on every level, um, the least of all probably in your own kitchen. And so along with this lady, Louise, we kind of looked around and saw that a food rescue was actually being done elsewhere in New Zealand, so we didn't we didn't invent the wheel. In fact, it was being done overseas, which made it a little bit easier for us to embark on because we could learn a little bit from these other organizations that were doing similar. So in February 2017, we, after pounding the pavement somewhat, getting the interest of the local cafes and seeing if they would support us, and a big nod from the council, Sandra Hazelhurst herself, we decided to open up in a pocket park in Hastings with three tables and eight volunteers. We're very lucky to have Sandra Hazelhurst as our mayor. She is a wonderful lady and does a lot for our city. And I know where you're coming from there, uh, Christine. I'm one of 13 children back in the uh, 40s and 50s. uh, You know, my parents... um, would um, cook up a, a leg of mutton and then for the next three or four days you would have it done in all different styles. We had chickens and um, uh, and, and uh, sheep and everything like that so I know where you're coming from. We did not waste food and of course that's instilled on me now and I don't waste it and I still have a beautiful vegetable garden. So thank you for that insight. What inspired you to set up Nourish for Newell? I think, you know, sitting in a cafe one afternoon in Havelock North, actually, I, it was near closing time, and I looked in the cabinet, and I realized, my goodness, there's still an awful lot of food in there. And I actually went up to the manager on duty that day and just said, you know, what, what happens to this stuff? And she said, well, the stuff that we can sell tomorrow, like the sweet, the sweet cakes and things like that that don't have any cream on them, you know, we, we'll put back in the cabinet for the morning. But generally, she said most of it we'll um, probably throw out and give to the pigs. And I said, oh. I said, what about your staff? No, health and safety, we're not allowed to give it to our staff. So I discovered that to alarming frequency was actually occurring in many cafes. And that, for me, was like, okay, 
you know, this is ridiculous. The fi- the pigs were kind of essentially being fed better than, um, you know, humans. the children and the humans, humans. yeah. Yes, I agree. So it needed to, there's uh, something needed to happen, and that, that was definitely the motivating factor. Right. This brings back memories because I happened to look up before coming here today, and you came and spoke to Grey Power uh, 2019, and yep. this is just r- reminiscing on what you explained to our members uh, in person, so it's lovely now to reiterate on what you are doing over the air, and that could help you as well as me in getting extra membership. How long have you been operating? Well, you've said two seventeen, so mm-hmm. you sort of have answered that. Um, I believe now that you have opened other outlets. Mm-hmm. So what we found was working from one area, just here in Hastings, it's become our sort of our central hub. It's where we, um, you know, we'll process the food, meaning processing when it comes in from supermarkets, we get it in bins and it's usually mixed in with uh, fruit and produce that's not ideal. So we, you know, we wear gloves and we go through the bins and then we put them in nicer bins. So there's the huge production area here located in Hastings, but we were finding that we were sort of only reaching a certain number of community members by being open just on Karamu Road. So we opened and we started off moving over to Napier, to Marainui, where we set up on a Tuesday and a Thursday from 4 till 5 p.m. through the back of the Turning Point Church. They have a big hall and they offered us the, this room which has ideal indoor, sorry, from in one door and out the another door to keep the traffic flow moving well. Started that last year, earlier in the year, in 2020, and then we opened another venture over in Flexmere, and that was at the end of last year. And then we've moved that this year. We've also increased that to include Camberley. So the reason... Flaxman and Camberley were quite obvious choices because they're council-run venues. And the council's been, as I was saying earlier, very supportive of our venture because these venues can be run by, by paid staff, which means we don't have to organize the volunteers for them. And it also means you're dealing with people in that community who know their community. So they also have a better reach to you know, get the message out. This, we're not a food bank. We're not requiring any sort of criteria or qualification. We are food rescue. The food is free. The food is fresh. The food is good. There's a lot of stigma for people going, oh, well, I'm not that in need. And that's, you know, the, these young folk that work in these community centers go, no, 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 it's not about that. You know, it's about the fact that this food gets collected. They spend hours all day picking it up, repurposing it. And then if you guys don't come and collect it, well, actually, it'll just end up getting thrown out. Oh, well, no, no, no one likes that idea. So it's, um, yeah, it, we're really pleased that we've been able to get our reach out further and um, involve more people in the community because, you know, we don't, we don't know half as much as they do, you know. We know right, our well, patch. Well, that was going to be my next question. Uh, how many volunteers do you have uh, to sure. help you operate your um, project? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's always a moving number, a moving target. I would say, so the core group that probably does about 75% of the work, it's probably about 20 of us, and that's one and a half paid staff, and then everybody else is volunteer. 
And then we have probably around 60-odd volunteers who are in that last 25% who do a lot of the actual serving for us, so the distribution times in the, in the evenings, Monday, Wednesday, Friday in Hastings, for um, between 4.30 and 5.30. They do a 4 till 6 shift, so they help set up the shop, they help um, serve the food, they help clean up, they um, do all sorts of things. Well, so it's quite a, a, an involved um, organisation that you're running. Yeah, well, each each so each session, if I might have confused that with um, volunteer numbers, each session requires about 10 volunteers. That's for that two-hour period. And so out of those 60 volunteers, they sort of sign up at various times during the week or even if it's only once a month or some, some of them come up to two or three times a week. It's a huge variety. That's why it's really well-placed for somebody who wants to get involved because they can kind of do it in a time frame that suits them. They're not committed to... You know, eight hours a day. <laughs> now, you, when you were talking to um, us in 2019, uh, you were you told us there that you got quite a bit from uh, Pack and Save and Countdown and New World, mm-hmm. uh, where they had a barcode on, and of course, uh, being human, uh, you heard and got feedback that people were actually going back and getting a refund uh, through this, uh, which caused a bit of embarrassment to Nourish and Nil um, for, for, for that. And I believe you've overcome that by doing what? Right. So there was a little bit of an incident, I think, and I'm not sure how rampant it became, but we, to cover our backsides, to cover the, the supermarkets donation, we've just crossed the barcodes off now, just as a matter of course so that there is no temptation to be able to do that. Um, yeah. Right. So uh, we can sort of now say that um, you've had no other complications uh, no. with the donations because that's going to be my next question. Where do you get the food from? You would mentioned there at the start of the interview that you um, were sitting in a cafe and saw the mm. at closing time, the, the goods sitting there. So we know that you do get some of your items from um, cafes and we know from uh, your talk to Great Power members back in 2019 uh, that you get stuff from the supermarkets. So uh, where else do you get um, uh, your um, food from? Well, Ron, you know, we live in the manufacturing hub of New Zealand. I'm quite lucky down here with your Simply Squeeze and your Watties and and, uh, McCain's and so on. So... We're fortunate to have developed really good working relationships with these big manufacturers, um, a lot of the big growers as well, you know, Bostock's or Ryan's or Mr. Apple. They all recognize that if they have surplus stock, um, you know, they give us a ring. They know we can move large amounts because we have, you know, four different venues that we work out of. And, um, yeah, it's it's been a real careful, ne- you know, negotiation to make sure that we're doing what we say we're going to do. We're going to be there when we say we will. We, we don't question what they donate. They donate great product. Um, it requires us to be very flexible. So that's that's been a great asset to our community. And we also collect food from, as I was just saying, a lot of growers, mom and pa who come in with their bags of silver beet from their gardens, their lemons from their tree, oranges. We get a lot through the back door which is fantastic. You know, just now before I came here, someone dropped off four kgs of lemons. I mean, we'll take small amounts, we take big amounts. 
any of that. That is amazing. Yeah. So there are good citizens oh, out there absolutely. that bring in commodities from their own yeah. Um, home. Yeah. So that's yep. um, that is terrific because that's the next thing. Have you ever run out, or have you been embarrassed uh, that you haven't been able to supply? I mean, uh, I know I I've been down after you came and talked to us, so I had to go down and have a nosy to see what was on display and uh, what was available, and it was amazing. Um, you know, you covered the whole spectrum apart from. Well, no, you had fish because you had the frozen fish that would have been um, coming up to expiry, so Countdown sure. or someone like that gave you. But I was amazed uh, that you had, as you just said, lemons, cauliflower, right through to um, um, parsnips and carrots and uh, onions, and you had the Californian red as well. So, yep. uh, you know, it's amazing. So all this is still available um, come Thursday when you have your one in Caramel Road. Correct. Yeah, we, you know, the variety of food is, is astounding. I think, you know, as long as there's food production anywhere, you're going to have food waste, simply. And food waste doesn't mean the stuff is no longer edible. It just means it's surplus. It's it's coming up to use by. It's it's close to date. And, you know, that's that's the stuff that's the gold. You know, that's the stuff that we can offer the community on a and in a regular basis we also we try to be smart and ambient product that isn't um you know doesn't need to be moved quickly we will stockpile sometimes to you know a couple of pallets maybe even a bit more for the times where you know occasionally we do have hit lean times and i'll give you an example when we went from level one suddenly to a level four back in august we went from a you know suddenly a daily routine that completely got thrown in the air. It didn't take long, but it was about 10 days before we sort of found our our new operating level normal in that time. So, you know, the, the amounts that we were getting previously suddenly stopped, not because they weren't there, but because it required a different type of organization from, on our behalf and, and with the supplier. And so we had a we had a good stock to, to lean on and to make sure that it, that it wasn't interrupted because a lot of people do depend on our service now especially in uncertainty and especially now maybe potentially coming up with mandates where people are, are losing jobs. And, um, yeah, we're trying to, to be a step ahead, especially because right. the, the onus is on us to keep being able to to. Because that's going to be my next question. What sort, of, what sort of people or type of people that utilises yeah. your services? You know, it's it's almost, depending on the time of the year, it can be the picture can be quite different. So you get, I mean, at the moment, obviously, there's not a lot of overseas people because of COVID, but we have a lot of local families, a lot of um, young people who, you know, maybe just have left home or are working in, I don't know, low low wage jobs. Um, there's a small smattering of people who come because they love the idea. They think, you know, food rescue is really cool and, you know, let's support these guys. And a lot of faces of, you know, I don't know people who don't. You know, we're not. We don't ask. We always we always try to greet everybody with a hey. You know, we're so glad. We're so, what well, you're welcome here. But uh, in the summers and during um, seasonal picking, we get a lot of um, overseas people, which is really cool because you know. And we were actually talking about that the other day. The the vibe, the energy they bring. They're always real, like positive and real upbeat. Um, we're kind of missing those faces, but yeah, a lot of a lot of mums and dads, you know, hardworking, both being paid but just kind of 
making the grade to to put up a roof over their heads or pay the rent. So they say to us, you know, you guys being here just takes the edge off the food bill. You'll be right because, I mean, with the rate increase and um, now we're getting this water, the three water systems coming in, housing prices have gone up yeah. so astronomical. Yeah. You can see Inflation. why uh, you are having uh, a lot of people coming in uh, yeah. utilising your services. So that comes back down to with us being in COVID still, uh, the queues, have they shortened or have they increased? <laughs> we, we were just saying it's kind of really hard to gauge because now we have to social distance the queues as well, which means, you know, keeping people separated. And then when they come inside the, the, the serving area, keeping them distanced in there. Um, when we move up a level, which is probably inevitable, we then start serving from the window outside so that people are no longer coming into the building. Again, our service doesn't change for them so much. It's just more for us that we reduce that one-on-one. Um, but I just wanted to quickly add to the types of people that also frequent our service a lot. We've got a lot of pensioners. Uh, right. They also say, you know, this is really yes, they, helpful. They would be finding the difficulties now yep. with um, yep. the rates increase and um, the cost of uh, repairing their homes, etc. So, Absolutely. yes, I appreciate uh, where that's coming from. The other thing was, um, with the mask situation, do you have any problem there or, or is the public uh, in Hastings very good? I'd, I'd say overall people are very compliant. Uh, we have a security team that, that have to just control the, the queue just to make sure people are social distancing, make sure the person who doesn't have a mask you you either offer them a mask or they might be exempt that's fine um but no i'd say overall we've been doing this long enough now that it seems to be that most people can can get grasp the concept and and right now you obviously have taken a lot of um food away from the pig farmers have you had any backlash from the <laughs> from the pig farmers saying now uh, prior to you coming yeah, on board funny, um, eh? we had all the food for <laughs> to feed our pigs with now you are there and uh, so do you actually have stuff that you can give back to the pig farmers yes we actually do it's funny really early on probably about in end of 2017 the pig farmer who used to collect from one of the supermarkets that we go to got into his got his neck his beak into a bit of a muddle because he wasn't happy so that that was our only detractor which we always have a bit of a giggle about but yes you know we we also have stuff that we simply don't want to pass on to the customer it could be bread that got incredibly squashed or something that is slightly stale or a vegetable or fruit that's definitely no more uh, no more aesthetically pleasing to eat um and so we do have a pig farmer who comes every single day it's a lovely young man and he'll grab whatever we have there which is huge weight off off, off our shoulders because you know we don't want to throw it away into the landfill we want it to be still be utilized so absolutely everything we have either goes to people or it goes to a pig right now just to finish off because i see the time's coming up to our half hour limit uh free range eggs um do you have uh you know what's the comparison between ordinary eggs and free range do you have the, the the two varieties available or Oh, you know, occasionally we get donations from like Hawke's Bay Eggs or even a local um, egg farmer. Generally, I mean, like they might say, oh, these are free range. Um, We try not to stipulate, even if we get organic food, for example, simply because the supply is not like something regular. You can't say someone who loves getting organic or free range, hey, we'll have it this week. So, you know, it's just, you know, we're always super grateful. If we get a small quantity of something, like somebody recently brought in, I think, 12 dozen free-range eggs, we might offer it to the volunteers and say, hey, you guys here, take take a dozen home with you. Right. And then 
there is one more thing um, with the meat uh, you don't get a, any of the butchers like the mad butcher or the Waipawa Waipa butchery offering you anything occasionally we will but our probably our most reliable source would be straight from the supermarket alright look thank you very much um, for coming along Christina this afternoon again you have enlightened uh, our members and Radio Kidnappers members and just to finalise we've been given Grey Power's been given the green light to have our normal members meeting on Thursday at Jewett House at 2pm so any person listen, listening you're more than welcome to come along you will have to wear a mask until we find out the numbers when we get seated in the, in the hall. So thank you very much, Christina. Thank you. This show was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, Hawke's Bay's community access radio station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for enabling us to put Hawke's Bay voices on air.